Welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast, brought to you by the Christian Stewardship Network. CSN exists to encourage, teach, and connect church and stewardship leaders to help them create and lead healthy stewardship ministries in their church. You can learn more about CSN at christianstewardshipnetwork.com. Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Stewardship Leader. I'm your host, Leo Sabo. And today I have with me Stephen Hartley. He is one of our CSN members, and he has a passion for teaching biblical principles, as so many of us do. But a few weeks ago, him and I were going back and forth through our community discussion and talking about QCDs. Uh, This is something that he's been passionate about and trying to do some research, trying to serve his church and some other churches in the area where he lives so that senior people who qualify for QCDs, Qualified Charitable distribution uh, can use them to their advantage. So this is what we want to talk about today. Stephen, welcome to the Stewardship Leader Podcast. Thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you for giving me the chance to spread the word. Uh, That was really my question on the board. How can I spread the word more effectively? Mm -hmm. Because I've only been doing it on a one-on-one basis in my assisted living facility, and that hasn't gone that well necessarily either. Yeah. Uh, I understand. And it's actually one of those things that we come across quite a bit in our in our sphere of, of influence in the stewardship and generosity movement is that many times there's resistance to this. And I think what we're going to talk about today, hopefully will open the eyes of some of the folks that are listening to this, that even though it may be something that's maybe just a lack of education or lack of understanding, but it can be easily understood and applied. And this goes more broadly, obviously, as it relates to stewardship and generosity. But today we want to focus on one one specific aspect of it, because many times when we don't have the ability to educate our folks, we miss some of these benefits that our people could really take advantage of. So let's talk about what a qualified charitable distribution is, a QCD, uh, and then give us a little bit of history of how long has this been around? What is it? How do we use it? A QCD is basically a qualified charitable distribution, is a giving-related tax break available to older taxpayers not to younger taxpayers. And that's an important part of the whole thing. If you're over 70 and a half years old, have an individual retirement account, an IRA, and you are prone to give, particularly to a church or any other 501c3, there are tax advantages that can really stretch your bucks versus penalties. You also have the ability to help you with your required minimum distributions and eliminate what that is. What is a required minimum distribution? The required minimum distribution is a requirement added in later years to the IRAs because the government gave us a break originally, and now they want their taxes back. Mm -hmm. So where I had a tax break opening up an a 401k or an IRA, I now have to pay taxes when I pull the money out. And it is a thing that is based on your age. There's a table that comes out, tells you for this age, you have to, uh, let's say, I think, I think of terms of 80 years old, approximately, uh, it's about a 20, divide by 20, and that's what you have to get out of the your IRA. When you do that, you have to pay taxes on it. Right. You pay, 
depending upon what state you're in, you may have state taxes on it. Okay. So it's basically paying the taxes on income that's been growing through that 401k. As you take it as income, then you would pay your whatever your income tax would be for that year. But the government requires that a minimum be taken out every year, whether you need it or not. You have to start taking it out so you can pay taxes. Is that correct? So you can pay pay taxes. (laughs) Yeah, that's the main thing. They want us to pay the taxes before we pass away and hand it off to our our kids. I'm sure that's the reason. Yep. Yep, exactly. What's the history behind the QCD? Well, basically, the QCD started in the year 2006. Everything up to that point was a charitable contribution, a qualified charitable contribution between your checkbook and the organization you sent it to. So it'd be at a church or whatever. You're, you're dealing now with a qualified contribution, which is now just a piece of your deductions with a QCD you're taking the money now before any of that happens and you reduce your income for that particular year a QCD had a limit of a hundred thousand per year as your maximum deduction you can do except in those first few years it depended upon renewing each year that tax code and That was the case until 2017, at which time Trump did his Tax Cut and Jobs Act. And then he made the QCD a permanent thing. He also doubled the standard deduction. So this becomes another game that can help save some money, but we won't deal with that in this discussion. And that will be the law until the end of 2025. At that point, that law has to either be renewed or it will sunset. And that's one of the fears that I have in terms of timing. Mm-hmm. If we talk about uh, the headwinds of the government, there's a good headwind we have to be alert to. Yeah, it's one of those benefits that just like our standard deduction, any kind of charitable giving, pastor's housing allowance, all those things, they've been around for a long time, but uh, we see more and more animosity from the government against religion and not not just in the U.S., but across the board in many countries. And so we don't know how long those will be around. But while they are available, certainly something we need to be aware of and take advantage of. My guess is, my hope is that by 2025, uh, if we have another Republican in the White House or, <laughs> or whoever is there, that'll be motivated the proper way to leave that alone. But again, we're not guaranteed. So we have to keep on uh, the no. So Stephen, tell me, because this is, is something that obviously you're passionate about and it's something you're spending some time in. Tell me a little bit of the history of some of the short surveys or this research that you've done to not just understand this yourself, but even to share that with others. It was sort of by accident that I got involved in the whole thing. And it's a little over four years ago now. There was a woman that I used to talk to periodically, a friend of the family, So she was 10, 15 years older than I, and she was the InterVarsity Christian Fellowship staff member for the All of New England, and I was at the University of Massachusetts. So that's how I happened to talking with her, and I said, well, since you used to be the number one person in InterVarsity Press, I assume you had some form of retirement plan. What was it? Well, I had a 401k. I said, okay, so that means you got an IRA. 
how do you write your checks for donations to the church and mission groups and so forth? And she says, I take and transfer the money from my IRA into my checkbook, and then I write my checks. And I said, no, 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 no. <laughs> you need to slow down and go back and think about that because you just guaranteed yourself a tax bill. But if you were to have the custodian, the uh, broker, or somebody like that, write the check for you and send it directly from their checkbook to the organization, you will not have to pay any taxes on that money. So what was her response to that? The response was, I don't understand. Please explain. I says, well, it's just that simple. And she says, well, I've been using the same tax professional for 20 years. She never met yours, so she should be in tune with this. She went back and asked her about a QZD, and the woman that she uses says, what's that? She went to her accountant, and the accountant says, I didn't think it would make that much difference. She then went to her next-door neighbor, who was another university retiree that was missions. She was doing international missions work, and she went to her tax professional and got what are you talking about? That caused me to pull my telephone book out from work and start calling anybody and everybody, irregardless of what I thought their religious connection might be, hmm. and uh, letting them know that this is available. That was a group then of a lot of engineers and technicians, and we had a, a techie group in a sense, but I found that 30% of the people I talked to never heard of it. Mm. So uh, this is getting better used. I didn't worry about it anymore. When I moved into, I don't want to say when I moved in, but a couple of years after I moved into the assisted living, and I presented a workshop to the people who lived here, and we had about 25 people that showed up out of the 200 people that live here. And there was a, a few. I probably should go back and say, these people, those first two women, continue to thank me whenever I talk to them for about two years. And you know, we talked on a quarterly basis for letting them know it was just that big a thing for them. I then wanted to figure out how to reach more people. That 30% was 30% of, as I said, professional people who had a mind to grab onto it and 30% I didn't, I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So in trying to figure that out, I contacted Sound Mind Investing, managing editor, and I lose the name. Matt Bell. Yeah, Matt Bell. Yep. He basically suggested to get back on their blog, put it on there, get a hold of uh, CSN and figure out what's what. I had to make a decision to join there. I did put it on the blog immediately and got some responses on it, which were helpful. Continued my efforts, but now trying to figure out what could be done within the churches that I had relocated to. Last May, I asked a fellow who was that I had seen putting a envelope into the offering box at this church where I was going for a grief share program. And he says, well, I 
basically transfer my money from my IRA to my checkbook and write checks. No, 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 stop it. He says, why? And I, I explained it to him and then asked one day at the end, this is the end of the sessions, actually, what kind of response people had. There was like five people there. One of them used it. Three did not know about it. And two didn't qualify. They had pensions. Mm-hmm. That just started me putting together a questionnaire. I changed that, revised it, took your advice on making it a little bit interesting to get into. So now my questionnaire is really, if you're going to write a $1,000 check, you basically can write that $1,000 check from your checkbook and be sure that you're going to get a 12 or 22% or higher percentage federal tax bill. And in Minnesota, for those in the 22 range, they get about a 7.8% state tax. So I use eight and say, add the two together and say I got 30%. So if I give a thousand, I get 30% of that is a tax refund. Mm-hmm. If I give a thousand, we have decided we're giving to the Lord and bringing to him that thousand dollars before I can finish my transaction with the uh, broker. He's giving me $300 back, which I can turn around and give a portion of it mm-hmm. and keep producing it. And I can raise my giving into 18% more to maybe 50% more, depending upon where you are. Yep. Uh, it's, it's a powerful vehicle, I feel. I, I agree with you. And I think that's the, the sad part is that I think many people just don't know about it. So um, what did you learn? Why don't people know or use QCDs? What did you learn through your through your research? The first shocking one probably was, don't bother me. Hmm. Interesting. I don't care. Mm-hmm. And I equate that to they weren't givers, probably. The next big group, probably, the big group was probably my kids are taking care of my finances. Hmm. And my reaction to that is, your kids have no personal reason to know anything about senior taxes, so they may have missed it. If the professionals have been missing it, I don't know why your kids should know it. Well, I do hope that you're enjoying this conversation, and we're going to come right back to it. But I want to take just a minute to introduce you to one of our ministry partners. CSN's ministry would not be possible without the help of our partners. And frankly, we wouldn't want to do it without them. What they offer to churches and church leaders through services, content, and resources that they have is invaluable to building a healthy stewardship ministry and helping their people to become good stewards and generous givers. This episode of the Stewardship Leader Podcast is sponsored by Christian Financial Resources. Christian Financial Resources is a not-for-profit organization with a mission of funding ministry, changing lives. CFR assists independent Christian churches and their associated ministries. Since 1980, hundreds of ministry projects have received funding through CFR. These projects include land acquisitions, loan refinances, and the construction improvement of church buildings, parsonages, schools, and various other facilities operated by those congregations. CFR currently manages more than $880 million in total assets while serving over 7,000 investment accounts. 
In addition to loans and investments, CFR offers stewardship services, donor advice funds, legacy planning, life income agreements, capital campaigns, and generosity initiatives. Learn more about us at CFRministry.org. I ran into one person who said to do a QCD was too much paperwork. That caused me to go into a tailspin to try to figure that out. I called a financial planner. I called my own first immediately. And she says, they're just too lazy. Mm -hmm. The second one I called that evening at home, and he says, they're either lazy or crazy. (laughs) So... It was just an excuse, basically. What just it an excuse. Not, it. Yep. And what it turns out to be is the paperwork is a little bit heavier on that person than it is on the giver. Yeah, that's true. So some of it was a misunderstanding of the rules as to how it can be used. Okay. One person I called and asked him, and he says, well, I don't have that much IRA, so I only have to do a requirement additions underneath uh, $3,000 a year. So it's probably too small to fit. I says, there's no bottom to this. There's only a top. Yeah, because you pay tax on whatever you take out. So as long as you're taking it out, you're going to pay tax on it, right? I mean, there's not a minimal. Correct. So that's not a good excuse. What else? Oh, I hit the other end with a person figured he had a 15000 that he had left to give that year. And he was planning on giving it to the church. And when I told him that it didn't make any difference because he wasn't in the 100000 mark. And he says, yeah, I've written my last check to my church. Mm-hmm. My broker is going to do it from here on out. Yeah, that's good. So, yeah. Stephen, you mentioned one of the reasons that people don't do it is because they think that maybe there's too much paperwork and... Again, you had some personal uh, responses from financial planner that said that's that's not the case, although there obviously is some paperwork. So who has to do what in this process of having a QCD from your IRA or 401k? I, the giver, have to go to my broker and ask for that to be done. And I go to my church, in this case, and ask what are the information items that I need on your side to be sure the giving crosses over properly. Mm-hmm. Whether you're giving a non-cash gift or transferring some old uh, valuable stock, you go through the same process essentially. Okay. So it's not something that's unknown. It turns out that the financial advisor probably has to do the biggest amount of work because he's going to tie the holder of the funds to the church and have the, all the information going across. I've only made a phone call in my case. I did have to sign a piece of paper that outlined what was going on. So that was the only thing I had to do. I have found that to be pretty much the case with anybody else I've talked to. Mm-hmm. So the, the work, the biggest work is probably done by the financial advisor. But it isn't something that's difficult. I mean, once I think they have that set up for you and you know, you say, hey, every month I want you to transfer this much for my IRA as a QCD to this church and all that information is put in place. They know where to send it, what to put on the check. 
once all that's arranged, it's just a matter of like paying a bill for them. It's not something they have to try to do differently every month. It's just a routine transaction. Am I correct in assuming that? Right. You are correct. Okay. One of the things that this has done to our giving is that previously we were giving monthly. Mm. And now we do twice a year, once before the uh, financial year is done and once after. And it's, it's you can figure out how much you have to give on your RMDs, if that's what you're dealing with, or make a decision on whatever you expect to be earning. Right. And therefore, you know by the end of January what giving there's going to be. Then you can give to other organizations on a periodic basis. Right. So now I have a checklist on the computer. I give this much to this group each month or whatever time frame I want mm-hmm. uh, for a certain period or the, the one-time gift. And it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't sound like it's much more complicated than writing a check. <laughs> it's just no, no, not at all. It and you just think it through, and of course, you initiate it a little bit different, but. The huge benefit here that I want everyone to hear is that when we educate folks how to do this, people that qualify, people that don't know about this, that first and most important, they're able to be consistent in their giving and they can plan that ahead of time and initiate it and get it done. But equally important is that they can actually either give more or save on taxes and have more for themselves, which most people obviously would appreciate, especially with a with increased inflation and everything else that's going on. So it, it can help us to continue to give a considerable amount, saving on taxes, using that money for different purposes, even giving. So Stephen, how would you encourage a stewardship leader or pastor that's listening to reach out to people that in their congregation that may be eligible to use QCDs that aren't using it? And how would you recommend they go about that? How do they find them, first of all? And then what would they need to do next to communicate and maybe even train them? Let's go back to one other item, and that is the church has to do something. Mm. And the only thing that the church really has to do is be sure it connects. Secondly, uh, IRS requires them to send a, a letter saying, I've, we've received this much. Uh, there's no, 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 gain, value. Yeah, no value to it right. And, right. and so forth. That standard letter, mm-hmm. that has to be the, the only piece of paperwork. And that's right now the only piece of paperwork you have to keep for filing that is apt to change. In fact, they've started motion on that change. I don't know if it's going to go on the 1099, a separate line for QCDs. Hmm. So in the future, it'll make life easier on the, the church's back office. That's good. Okay, back to you, your question, what to do? I've been struggling with that because the church has nothing in terms of a committee. Hmm. The church is currently going to. What it has is senior citizens, he says, I have a Sunday school class of junior highs whose age must be over 65. And therefore, I have 438 on my mailing list right now. Hmm. So I've got a, a set that I'm going after. We were just discussing today. He's got three classes that run simultaneously. He's got a bunch of others besides, but speaking specifically to those classes and giving them the questionnaire, which I've now on my fifth edition, the, and the fifth edition just is, essentially gives them a tear off so they can tell me where they are. 
but also keep a record of what I've given them. That has taken two pastors to get involved, not the senior, unfortunately. So how do I get it out there? That's going to be the approach now. So I've got one more question to do, and that is how do I get the new people to come in? Somehow this has to be done periodically or it has to be done individually. Mm -hmm. I found it very helpful to do it one-on-one. I gained a lot of knowledge in what people are going through. If they're having these particular problems, make that life easier so that they can give. And this is definitely a fast way. And that is more easily done on a one-on-one basis, I feel. Yeah, you, you definitely, if you can serve people one-on-one, that's definitely important. But I guess the, the, the bigger question is, one, how do you identify them? Is it as simple as looking and saying, here's all our members that are over 70 and a half that could potentially have an IRA where they're using the IRA as an income and also making their giving? So is it as simple as basically starting there to say, okay, anyone that's over that age, maybe we send them a separate letter to say, hey, are you aware of this? I also think that it would be a worthwhile endeavor to have just something on your giving page of your website. Exactly. If you're a senior over 70 and a half and you're currently you know, withdrawing from your IRA for your, you know, whether you are taking RMD, a required minimum distribution, or taking money out as income to live off of, have you considered that you can save on taxes and continue to make generous contributions as you are doing by just shifting the way you do it? And if you want to know more, Here's where you can get more information. And that way you can connect with them one-on-one. I think that that would be a good way to also make a congregation aware because most people will give online nowadays. 80, 90% of folks give online no longer through a check. So, And uh, to expand that, I guess we've we've discussed that too. And it would be a maybe a once a year or a quarterly report putting something out at that time to everybody and anybody. Mm-hmm. Although it's good for the seniors so that they know and can make the decision, if the kids are the ones that are helping them, they need to know also. Right. Yeah. Because because I think you're right. I think a lot of folks, as they get into the 70s and 80s, feel like they can't quite manage their own finances. And I, I, I run across this quite a bit in the financial counseling I do, where kids are involved in paying the bills and taking care of things. They have financial power of attorney over things. So it's good to to broaden that education to the children of these senior folks so that they are aware that they could be losing out on a benefit, even though obviously it's not their money, but maybe someday it will be if, if they don't burn through it, right? So there might be some personal gain there if, if they end up inheriting some of it. So Stephen, as we kind of close up, I guess the last thing I really wanted to talk about is we know that QCDs are just one aspect of financial education. It's a tool that's important for us to use. But broader than that, in a church setting, how would you recommend being connected to CSN, being part of our community? What would you say to folks is should, should be their, their perspective? What should be their perspective uh, in financial education? Not just QCDs, but overall in their church. Well, the QCD is a pretty small piece of it as far as I'm concerned. Um, but for the seniors, it's the tip of the iceberg. Mm-hmm. Um what I would like to see is a full stewardship plan mm-hmm. for the church and, and, and what they go about. My discussion with the pastors that I have talked to, one of them, I was told, oh, he's just going to fall asleep talk, talking to you about money. Wrong. 
<laughs> he really bit into the fact that this is a stewardship training thing. This yeah. is definitely a discipling thing. Uh, so it's a getting together a total plan for all levels of possible education, coming from the pulpit to coming to uh, the Sunday school class or the life small group class to put in programs such as uh, FPU in the state program and do it periodically. There has to be, a, as you said, a ministry that focuses on financial discipleship, helping people at every season of life to be good stewards. And of course, to take advantage of the tax rules, the, the benefits we have living in the United States, to be able to give and also get a, a tax break by doing so. Instead of paying taxes, we're giving because the government recognizes still, thankfully, that when mm. we give to charitable causes, it somehow relieves the burden from the government having to step in and do it. And we know the government is not as good at it as as the church or other organizations are. So I think we're in agreement there that QCDs is the tip of the iceberg for, as you said it, for older folks. But it's also just one component of a much broader stewardship ministry that needs to be offered in churches. And I think that's something we both agree to. Well, Stephen, thank you so much. First of all, for just your passion for this. I know it's just one area, but it's important to senior folks who are currently giving from their checking account instead of being able to do it from their uh, IRA or 401k accounts, which of course have all those benefits. So thank you for championing it, even on a low level with your own research in your own area. It's still important. So I thank you for coming on and just making our audience aware that this is something that they should know more about and look into and potentially even bring to their own churches. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. And thank you all for joining us for this episode of Stewardship Leader. If you enjoyed it and found it valuable, please share it with someone you think would also find it valuable. If you've not yet subscribed to our podcast or left us a review, please do so. This will ensure you're automatically receiving the latest content we produce and will help others to find this podcast as well. If you want to know more about CSN and how we can help you and your church create a culture of good stewardship and generosity, go to our website, christianstewardshipnetwork.com. There you will find many resources and events and how you can become a member of our community. We'd love to be in your corner helping you to build a stewardship ministry in your own church. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time on Stewardship Leader. Stewardship Leader.